This is Ozarks at Large. The exhibit, In American Waters, The Sea in American Painting at Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art in Bentonville, remains open another seven and a half weeks. The collection is more than ships and waves, and we wanted to explore the exhibition with a Crystal Bridges curator. Mindy Bishaw met us on a recent afternoon at the door to the exhibit. We're about to enter the exhibition In American Waters, The Sea in American Painting. There is an ocean soundscape playing as you enter the first gallery of In American Waters, and you can sign a logbook before entering. You do see paintings of ships of the sea, but there is more here than masts, riggings, and sails. Mindy Bishaw says the collection, including many works from the Peabody Essex Museum in Massachusetts and some art from the Crystal Bridges Permanent Collection, seeks a more holistic vision of the sea. This exhibition pulls back and really thinks more broadly about American art history, American painting, American culture related to the sea. Of course you have portraits of ships, but in this introductory gallery, you also have portraits of people. The first gallery spans 250 years of art and quickly establishes the exhibition is going beyond the expected. There is, example, a Gilbert Stewart portrait of George Washington that includes, in the background, past the first president's shoulder, a seascape. And this was painted as a thank you note, um, really a thank you gift to Alexander Hamilton, who had been instrumental in supporting the Jay Treaty, which was effective for calm waters and trading with Britain. And so that becomes part of our history, and it also appears all over the place in the art. Close by, something completely different. Jacob Lawrence's 1940 splash of blue, dotted with silhouetted ships and a floating face. Colorful and riveting, the painting is influenced by the artist's own time at sea. He's an African-American artist who was in the U.S. Coast Guard. So he joined the Coast Guard and was an artist in the Coast Guard. He actually served on the first racially integrated ship in the U.S. Navy that was controlled by the Navy. And what we're looking at is a portrait of Captain Skinner who was leading that ship. Um, So visually, it's almost an oddity because it does have a single head in the middle, different kinds of ships, blue on blue, so very subtle, and then other symbols that tell us about Captain Skinner. Not that full-length, you know, grandiose portrait of a single figure, but rather something that's a bit more symbolic of a portrait. Um, But if you pull out from that and think about the context, it is absolutely amazing that this is the artist that was on that racially integrated boat. The ocean can represent travel, vacation, exploration, and exploitation. To examine the sea fully is to survey immigration, commerce, power, and slavery. Nick Cave's Seasick is a collection of a nearly dozen found oil paintings of ships, the sort of multi-sailed ships that would be created to project the noble concept of seafaring, but also included a black face and cast hands, forcing us to consider that those ships designed to evoke ideas of nobility often had far more deplorable objectives. Seasick is paired with a quote from Frederick Douglass. Those beautiful vessels robed in purest white were to me so many shrouded ghosts to terrify and torment me with the thoughts of my wretched condition. You are loosed from your moorings and are free. I am fast in my chains and I am a slave. 
There is no single story, no single style, no single approach in this exhibition. Fletcher Martin's 1938 Trouble in Frisco frames a pair of fighting longshoremen through a window. And M.C. Wyeth's The Drowning is a stark, lonely image. Wyeth created a 42-inch tall oil painting with an empty boat on top of a stormy, roiling sea. It's a haunting reminder of the unpredictable power of the ocean. In American Waters also considers sea life on shore. Paul Cadmus's The Fleet's Inn has no water, but sailors carousing off ship with each other and with women in tight skirts, smoking, flirting, and it turns out creating quite a ballyhoo when first exhibited. Again, Mindy Bishaw. And in this particular case, there are absolutely some references to um, sex, quite boldly, uh, and in fact, a few fun stories. One, this painting is in the U.S. Navy collection. But when it was first shown, uh, it was taken down immediately because the Navy believed that this was not accurate. This was giving a bad portrayal of the sailors who are coming into town and, you know, causing a little trouble. Now, um, Cadmus also is a gay artist. And so part of what these young men are doing is not just carousing with other women, but each other or the men of the town. And so that, too, was a bit uncomfortable when this painting was first shown. If the fleet's in takes us slightly off the water, another takes us hundreds, possibly even thousands of miles from the shore. Frederick Remington's The Cowpuncher's Lullaby, which can be viewed under a speaker playing cowboy songs, seems to be an incredibly unlikely inclusion. And there is um, some overlap with sea shanties and cowboy songs. And in many instances, there are places where you could really trace how perhaps it was sailors who hopped off the boat in the Gulf and got onto some cattle trains and took some of those melodies with them into the plains. Make no mistake, there are images of waves, ships, and horizons included. William Trost Richards' 1903 Along the Shore, part of the Crystal Bridge Museum of American Art Permanent Collection, is a stunning example of how the most gifted artists, before photography, could interpret the intricacies of waves. It alone is worth several minutes of examination. In American Waters, the sea in American painting is at Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art in Bentonville through January 31st. Our guide was Mindy Bishaw, a curator at Crystal Bridges. You can learn more at crystalbridges.org.